right. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Huh. It has been. What's that? <laughs> Thank you, Joseph. Yeah, it's one of those, uh, another busy week. I'm sure all of you feel similar. Our lives can go in a lot of different directions. So when I had uh, said that I would speak this Sunday quite a while ago, I think I put my name down for the Sunday. I, getting my head around it and where God wanted me to speak this morning was challenging. So um, like uh, Aaron, I have uh, a few drives to Moncton, as you've heard every week, so I get opportunities to do a lot of thinking. Um, sometimes uh, as I drive, I get chances, I start thinking about things and know I'm going to lose them by the time I get home. So I have this great little record button on my phone. I just hit the record and start blathering on to my record button. And sometimes I actually get something done on my drive, which is a helpful thing. Um, so anyway, so this morning, um, I'd like to talk a little bit about worship. And I, I, when I was putting together the songs last night, um, it's really pointing, like worship is pointing us to God, right? We're wanting to come before his throne and really uh, worship. And often we think of, we talked about this before, we think of worship as our little time of singing during church, right? And um, as we know, worship in our Sunday morning service is much more than that. Um, but um, if we take it a little bit further, worship is much more than just a Sunday morning service. Um, worship is our whole lives if we, if we are doing that right, right? And it says in Colossians 3.23, work, this is New Living Translation, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. So everything, our work, our play, our everything should be worship to the Lord, right? So we're going to take a look at a passage of scripture. I have given out scriptures that we're going to read a little bit later, but the one passage that I'm going to take um, as, as our foundation this morning is taken from Mark 14. You're welcome to join me there if you'd like. Uh, Mark 14, verses 3 to 9. A very um, story you probably read lots and lots of times, but I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation this morning. So, Mark 14, verses 3 to 9. Meanwhile, Jesus was at Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly, but Jesus replied, Leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want to, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth. Wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Um, so there is, there's similar stories in two of the other Gospels. Um, I'm sure you've read them. Luke 7 and John 12. Um, there is some talk about whether they're the same story just differently or whether they're different stories. But when I read all three, there is some significant differences that I, I, I would probably tend to say that there are three different stories, that there's three different women. In Luke 7, um, again, the woman is not mentioned who she is, but it talks about her being a sinner. Um, and she also washed the feet of Jesus with her, her tears. I'm sure you remember that with her hair, white and wiped her with her hair. 
Um, and then in John 12, it talks about Mary doing the same thing with the alabaster jar at Lazarus's house. So I would assume that that is definitely two different stories because they said this is um, Simon, not Lazarus. So anyway, but uh, we're going to look at this one in Mark 14 today and really think about what, I'm going to answer two questions. One is um, uh, why should we worship and how should we worship? And this goes for more than just our singing this morning, of course. Um, and as we go through, I'll call on whoever has the specific scriptures, you know, the drill I usually, and obviously, I'm, as I'll say it again, but if you have thoughts that the Lord's bringing you, please speak up and we'll just talk as we go along. But I was looking, when I was looking at this, I, I searched, because I do, I searched on the internet, see what's out there, see what's, you know, what people are saying. And there, I found a blog um, talking about this particular scripture. And this person that wrote the blog, and I the name escapes me right at the moment, um, had a couple of paragraphs I'm just gonna read for you because it helps us understand what the whole, the alabaster jar was like and the perfume and some of the details of the story. So it said, in Bible times, alabaster boxes were made of a rich marble type stone, which is called alabaster. Alabaster was a stone commonly found in Israel and one of the precious stones used in the decoration of Solomon's temple. These alabaster boxes or jars would be filled with expensive perfume to keep them pure and unspoiled. And then they were sealed with wax um, to retain and preserve the scent. So the perfume would be sealed inside and when the owner wished to use it, the seal or the neck of the actual alabaster jar would be broken so it could be used. So, and once you've opened it, it's open, right? Um, this particular perfume mentioned in this passage would have cost about a year's wage, which we saw in that passage read. The woman had come to see Jesus with her most valuable possession, a costly perfume tucked in an alabaster jar or box, a vessel that, was, that once the narrow neck was broken, there would be no going back. All would be laid bare. There would be no stopping it back up. This was her all. With this single act of devotion, love, and sacrifice, she was bringing Jesus her expensive perfume. Um, it, in this passage, it called it pure nard. Other places, it calls it spike nard. So this spike nard symbolized the very best in ancient cultures, the way that, you know, we talk about the Tiffany diamond now, like something that would be very expensive. It would be the same idea in our terms. Um, it was the ultimate act of love. Spike nard is only mentioned in two places in the Bible, in these stories about the woman um, anointing Jesus, and also in the Song of Solomon, where it's used as a picture of the great love between a husband and a wife. It's the best of the best. The, this act on the part of the woman with the alabaster jar is made out of great love. So I thought that that kind of encompassed a little bit, gave us a little bit more information on that story. But as we come to this and look at um, the why of worship that we can take from here, there was two things that I, I, as I was reading that I thought of. So the first one, and maybe I'm speaking the obvious, I hope I am. Um, the first reason why we should worship is because he is worthy. We sang about it this morning. He is worthy. Um, when we look, when we read through the Bible and read in the Old Testament and so forth, when they anointed kings, they anointed them with oil. Like that was when they proclaimed that they were king, right? Um, this spikenard is actually an oil, a very expensive oil, perfumed oil. So she, in a sense, and when I looked at that, I would see her, she was anointing Jesus as king with a capital K, right? King, right? So we're going to read a couple scriptures that help us understand the fact that he's worthy. So somebody, I think, has Psalm 100, I yeah. hope. Okay, please go ahead and read that one, Aaron. 
Show happily to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord cheerfully. Come into his presence with a joyful song. Realize that the Lord alone is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep in his care. Enter his gates with a song of thanksgiving. Come into his courts with a song of praise. Give thanks to him. Praise his name. The Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. His faithfulness endures throughout every generation. Amen. That's one of my favorite psalms, I think, so. Yeah. And uh, Revelation 4, verses 8 to 11. Now, this is just a few verses in the whole scene, so just, but it's, I'm just going to start at verse 8. So I think, Shane, you have that one? Yeah. Yeah. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Thank you. Amen. So out of these two passages, what are some of the re reasons why he is worthy? What, do you what did you hear? What did you read? Do you remember? He's a creator. He's a creator. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, creator of all things. What other things did you hear? He's worthy. He's worthy, yeah. Yeah. What? What did you? Sorry? He died for us. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the things that were in Psalm 100, Aaron? Well, summarized, they make me think he's sovereign. He deserves our praise because yeah. of what he did. Yeah. Like you said, he, he's the creator. He is the mm -hmm. creator. That's right. And he did all of this for us. He deserves mm -hmm. that our praise. So it's, it's, we often don't stop and think about the fact that he is worthy, or at least not ruminate on it, I guess would be the word for it. You might think about it, but you may not really think about it. And that's why the last song we sang this morning, I love that song, um, the one, the, the Hillsong one, uh, praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit. But, it, but each verse tells us why he is worthy. It, it starts from the beginning of what Jesus did, right? And it just puts it in perspective of why we are singing the praises. Yeah. Yeah. So the second why of why we should worship that I, that I drew from the passage we read was because of our love for him, right? If we love him, you see this lady who did it, she did it out of pure love. She sacrificed out of pure love for him, right? Despite what any of the others were saying about her or for, to her, she did it out of love. So if we truly love him, I mean, we can talk about, um, you know, the, the commandment that Jesus gave, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. And that goes all through the Old Testament into the New Testament, right? So if we are truly loving him, it's going to come out, right? It's because we're out of pure love for him. So somebody has Psalm 63, verses 1 to 8. Oh, did you want to say something, Alvin? It's also saying it's also very natural because we are created in his image. Yeah. Yeah. 
And when we are saved, it, we become even, you know, we're on that track to become even more like him, right? It comes out. Yeah. Thank you, Alan. So that's the biggest promise of all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was also thinking that she had a greater revelation of who he was than those gathered around. That's right. That she came into this uh, almost a foreign environment, uh, disregarding it all yeah. so that she could give her all yeah. uh, in worship. It's a, yeah. a significant thing. And sometimes we're worried about raising our hands in church, right? <laughs> or, or, or speaking out. To, like, or speaking out, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Thanks, Don. All right, Psalm 63, verses 1 to 8. Yeah, I have it. Okay, thanks, Nancy. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied with the riches of foods, with singing lips my mouth will praise you. On my bed I remember you, I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you, your right hand upholds me. Thanks Nancy. That's a very much a picture of yeah. loving God so much to uh, above, uh, despite any distraction, like Don said, right? Mm -hmm. And the whole idea of thirsting, um, we sing uh, we sing the song, uh, uh, "You are the air I breathe." Mm -hmm. You are, you know, um, captivate us. The other one that we used to sing with Angela quite a bit. I'm, I'm desperate for you. Like, that's that whole picture, right? In Psalm mm -hmm. 63, that we, yeah, yeah, we don't mm -hmm. often, the distractions of life, I think, take us away from really and truly thirsting and being desperate for Jesus, right? Yeah. All right, so um, the next two points are the how. So, um, why? We, he's worthy. <coughs> Because of our love for him, so how should we worship? Um, and and they, you know, he does set this out in the Bible. Two two big ones that I came up with. One is um, worshiping with the right heart, as Don so eloquently said a few minutes ago. She did it without any concern about whatever who else was in the room. Uh, the fact that they were telling her that she was wasting money or wasting whatever, um, you know, she didn't think about, oh, oh, maybe I should be selling this and giving it to the poor, which is a noble thing to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not that it's a bad thing to do. She, all she was thinking of was she wanted to worship Jesus, right? And that's to, to, with no distraction. She only did it because, like, it was just, yeah, it didn't matter what anybody else said or did. So we're gonna take a look at a few scriptures here, and the first one is John 4, 23 to 24. Somebody might have that one. I hope. Yes, I do. Oh, thank you, Louise. But John is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit 
and in truth. Thank you, Louise. So when we look at this, it's um, it gives us a picture of worshiping in spirit, the whole idea of being spirit-led in our worship, um, and also from our heart. It's, it's with our whole being. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. In that particular uh, passage, if you read before that, that was the woman at the well, and she was concerned about where they should worship, because if you recall back in the Old Testament, um, the Israelites were called to worship in Jerusalem, but the Samaritans weren't welcome in Jerusalem, so you know, they, so they had another place that was a special place to worship. But it really doesn't matter, and this goes back to what we said at the beginning. It, it's not a certain segment of a church service. It's our whole lives that can be offered up as worship, right? doesn't matter where it is, whether it's driving back and forth to Moncton, and get things being given to you like Aaron was talking about this morning, or whether it's, yeah, the middle of doing whatever. All right, um, and this, the next one, there's two scriptures to go with this one. So the first one is 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. And then the person who has the Genesis 1, 2, have that on hold. So 1 Samuel 6, verse 7, and Genesis 4, 3 to 5. Today, 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, <clears throat> Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at, Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Thank you. And Genesis 4, 3 to 5? Yes. And um, at the time of the harvest, Cain brought the Lord a gift of his farm produce, and Abel brought fatty cuts of meat from the best land, and he presented them to the Lord, and the Lord accepted Abel's offering, but did not Cain's. This made Cain both dejected and very angry, and his face grew dark with fury. Yeah. So why was it, in that passage, why was it that God accepted Cain, uh, Abel's but not Cain's? Because he came with his whole heart, and uh, he gave him the very best. The very best. He didn't hold anything back. That's right, yeah. And in Samuel, it said that God sees our heart, right? Doesn't matter how good we look. We could get our, our three-piece suit on and all pressed and come to church and um, make sure everybody sees what envelope we put in the offering box and, you know, get up and pray and do all our things, but God sees what's God in our heart. He knows what true worship is. God always looks on your heart. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not always, always way that's very true, Lorna. It's not always where we should be. We need to be always checking ourselves as we yeah. go through some difficult times because we see we, we can uh, be angry with God because of our circumstances. Yeah. And uh, we have to keep checking ourselves that whatever God does with us is for, for his good and our good. For his glory and our and good, glory. yeah, yeah, and so he does. He's, he's always, he knows our heart, yeah. we can't hide from him as much as we'd mm -hmm. like to sometimes because <laughs> sometimes our heart is not in a very good place, that's right. but at the same time, God loves us, that's right, yeah. and, and he understands when we're frustrated or mm -hmm. 
of course he does. All those things. Yeah. And it's not a matter of being frustrated or angry that's the problem. It's, yeah. it's that you're continuing to work through it and work yeah. on it with the Lord. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's, that's the important. Thing. Exactly. He knows where we're at. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it's not a good place. And that's yes. okay. Um, as long as we're being honest in what we're, you know, sometimes it's easier to shove it down and, and pretend we're something different. Um, but God sees it anyway. You might as well be honest. You might as well just tell him what, you, what you're you feeling. Be honest with yourself because God knows. God knows. That's right. That's right. You know, you can hide it from a lot of people, but yeah, exactly. not him. So, yeah. 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 So that's the first one, is having the right heart. Even if it's a heart getting right in a process, maybe it's along the process, but it's having, leaning in towards what he has for us. So, and, yes? May I ask something? Because you talked about the heart. Yeah. In one of the stories where the woman, it's always the woman who comes with the nard and rubs the feet. Feet are very important in the Middle East because it's dusty, it's dirty, it's hot, right. and the feet have to be clean. That's right. And she comes, and that particular woman is a prostitute. Mm -hmm. And when she comes in with an eye and rubs the feet, the people are telling, we do not know this exactly, but whoever else is present around the table is complaining. They say, well, look, he's letting a prostitute rub his feet. Mm -hmm. How do they know it's a prostitute? Yeah. They don't. Yeah. We do not. But if I look in the Middle East, a prostitute where it's warm and dry and dusty mm -hmm. and there's a very lack of water everywhere, the prostitute used to wear a pendant made with nard, exactly as when you put the, the, the um, with little pin holes in it and you put a little bit of uh, wax and by the, the body heat of the prostitute would let the perfume come out. Interesting. So uh, they, she was wearing one of those because she was a working lady who needed money to eat and that's how they knew that she was a prostitute and she was using whatever she had in her little uh, mm -hmm. pendant there to rub his feet. Yeah, I think that was the one in, in uh, Luke that would have been that one. Yeah. yeah. And and the fact that um, it was only the lowliest of the low that would have washed people's feet at that time as well, right? And um, yeah, thanks. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. All right, well, let's move on to the last how. So um, the first how is with the right heart. And the other part of it is of the how is is um, being sacrificial, which is not an easy one. Giving out of like we saw Abel, he gave out of his first fruit, like his first, the best lambs. Um, <clears throat> and sacrificial doesn't necessarily mean mean money, guys. So it's whatever we have to give. So let's take a look. Um, <clears throat> in this particular story, the oil was very expensive. It talked about it being worth a year's worth of work, um, and and it would have cost this woman a lot. It could have been. I mean, I, I'm surmising, um, but it could have been her little nest egg. Like that to live on, you know, it could be something like it, it could be something that was very, um, it was something very costly to her. Um, so let's take a look. There's a few verses. The first one is um, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I think that's, yeah, thanks, Don. 
Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what's, what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. So I think one huge sacrifice he expects of us is to give our whole selves. I mean, it says present your bodies, but then it talks about our, the mind and transforming so I think that's the whole person. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's all of us, right? So, and that's very sacrificial, to give up all of us to Jesus in an act of worship. That's costly for us on all kinds of levels. Uh, one thing that came to my mind from here was that in this room, and of those we know, people have gone through a lot of suffering. Mm-hmm. And there have been uh, some still the case, but parts of who we are that are just like coming apart. Mm-hmm. If we've got cancer or we've got other things. But this is saying offer our entire selves. And I read that as said, notwithstanding our current affliction, uh, offer whatever we possibly can to God right. so that he might, it might be for his glory. Mm-hmm. And uh, laying in bed not feeling well, uh, that can be a stretch, yep. but it's also so encouraging to know whatever lousy condition I'm in or any of us are in at any given moment, no matter how tired we are, I mean, he is there willing to accept whatever we're going to offer. That's right, and, it, and every, what everyone has to offer is, it, is different. Mm-hmm. And it's not a matter of comparing and saying, well, look at Don, he can do well, you know, he can give so much more than I can give, you know, it must be worth more. It's still, it's what's costly to us, it's giving what we have. So thank you, Don, that's, that's a very good point. Which may include feeling sorry for ourselves. It might, it might. That's the whole part when we talked about right heart, it's, it's the process of getting there, right? <laughs> Sometimes the right heart isn't right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that actually segues really well into the next point under sacrificial. Um, and it's in worshiping despite whatever we're going through. And sometimes that's the harder part, right? Um, and I'm looking around this room, and I know that all of us have gone through difficult times, whether it be health, whether it be family challenges, whether it be um, financial, whether it be work, whether it be, I mean, I, we can make a big list. And I know, because I, I mean, we know each other very well, and I know we've all been through deep waters in the last few years, or still, it may still be up to your neck, I'm not sure. Um, so we have two last scriptures to look at um, that talks about worship despite the hard times. So first one is Hebrews 13, 15. Um, go ahead, Karma. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips that confess his name. Yeah, so that's talking about continually, which means in all. And let's go to Habakkuk 3. Alvin was the brave guy to look up Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18. It definitely fits right after that. Yeah. 17 and 18. Even 
even if the fig tree does not bloom and the vines have no grapes, even if the olive tree fails to produce and the fields yield no food, even if the sheep pen is empty and the cattle stalls have no cattle, even then I will be happy with the Lord. I will truly find joy in God who saves me. Even if you have a, an extra mode of transportation, right? Yes. Yeah. No. We can all add, I think, a few even ifs to that list, right? Even if we're waiting on treatments, <laughs> even if we're not quite comfortable sitting in chairs, right? <laughs> even if, yeah, yeah. And it's not an easy thing, but I think when you read that one, even if I will, that is a decision we make. It's with our will that we we execute. Yeah. You have to will yeah. to love God. Yeah. Because if we're doing it based on our feelings. Yeah, not, I may not feel like loving somebody, <laughs> but my will is God gives us the will to do, to do the things yeah. that He requires us to do. That's right. Okay. Shazrat, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. They talk about even if. That's right. That's right. There's lots of examples, I think, if we look through scriptures of the even ifs. Right? And there's a great worship song called Even If. Oh, is there? Even if the mountains that God says can be moved down, even if he doesn't move the mountains, I will still trust him. Oh, there's the Lord, the, yeah, I will trust in you. Yeah. So, um, as I always say, whenever I put together a message, it's a message for me. So thank you for praying that <laughs> earlier, Aaron, that I would also receive something from this. But it's, it's the same. I think we all have to make these decisions every day, and they're not easy decisions to make. But we, with the Lord's help, the Spirit's help, we'll continue to make them. All right, I'm going to pray and then hand it back over to Aaron. So, so Father, we thank you. Um, we thank you for the fact that you are who you are. We thank you that you are worthy of our worship, um, that we um, there is no one else worthy. Um, and Lord, I thank you that through your spirit, you loved us and we're able to love you back. Father, I pray that you would... Um, give us opportunities to worship, that you would nudge us, that the Spirit would continually put you on our minds so that we can be in a state of worship no matter what we're doing and to recognize that whatever we're doing, we're doing it to your honor and your glory. We're not doing it for anybody else. We're doing it for you. And Father, for all of us who um, have either walked through deep waters or are still in those deep waters, Lord, I pray, Father, that you would... Um, yeah, that you would give us the strength to choose each day um, to worship you, to present all that we are, all that we have 
to you as, a, as an offering, Lord. No matter how hard it is, no matter whether we feel what we have, it really isn't all that much to give. Um, but Lord, I just, yeah, that you would, you would just give us the, uh, yeah, give us the strength, give us the courage, because sometimes it's courage <clears throat> to step out and worship you in all things. So Father, we thank you. We ask that you would be with us the remainder of the service. In Jesus' name.